I got them on flakes, swimming in the vent. Take off to the moon and watch me fade from view. No, put me in check. Top out my respect. If you ain't in love with me, I can't love you. Yeah, I do what I want. I do what it takes. If you getting on the line, then I'ma tell you pump your brakes. Just like a flood, and my neck look like a lake. Young nigga with the drip, and they go surfing right my way. Leave mm, me alone, I'm tryna vibe. Feel like I'm in space. All fast cars, who wanna race? I go to Mars, I'm in space. I go where I want, I pick a place. I'm above traffic, don't do no lanes. I'm above average, never a lane. Look at my fashion, I'm throwing my pain. I like track hawks, I like velours, I like Rolls Royce. Look at this song. Let me ask you someone. You mad? Are you mad that I got to the bed? Yeah, I know they hit, they won't do it to my face. Yeah, I'm still the same. Niggas saying that I changed. All these niggas still in drift, so I'm on a new wave. Yeah. I like scats patch, watch me drift. I'ma switch lanes. Yeah. I got in my face. Swerving in a vet. Take off to the moon and watch me fade from you. Don't put me in shit, I got my respect If you ain't in love with me, I can't love you What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Y'all know what it is. Your boy, Ice Pick, Cousin Rick, Eric Hicks, whichever name you may choose. And this is the Close Your Ears podcast. And today I got with me. And then, of course, let me, don't forget the ad. I know y'all just heard the last episode got dropped Monday. Y'all know we drop on Mondays. But we about to start dropping Mondays and Selective Thursdays. But I got with me today for this episode sixty nine. I have what you want. What do you want me to call you? You like Miss the Doctor, the Author, the Life Coach? How, how, what title you going by today? Um, you can just call me. You can call me Doctor Lamar, Doctor Spencer, whatever you you know, whatever the vernacular is. I'm okay with either one. So I got with me today. Y'all heard it, Doctor Lamar, Doctor Spencer. She's cool with either one. But sis is the author of the book. Um, go ahead, tell them the, uh, the title of the book. Cause I only got my notes out. I was I was supposed to have that ready. But. The book is called "The Depths and Diversity Within Relationships." Let's talk about it. The depths, so say that one more time for me. The, sure. The depths and diversity within relationships. Mm. Let's talk about it. Okay, so so what's your background with as far as like um writing and and as far as the life coach with the uh relationship thing? Sure. Well, my background by trade, which is a little different. So by trade, I write contracts for your larger PBMs like Humana, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and the jails, the prisons, and the Indian healths. So that is really my trait. However, I will say unofficially, I have been a coach for about 20 years and I just started embarking upon going in officially the last two years. Okay. So I decided, you know what, let me get into it. But 
the book was never a, um, it was really a memoir for myself. It was really therapeutic. And I, I said, well, you know, let me just write down notes, almost like a journal, but it was more like a letter to me, for me. And I am used to writing like scholarly journals. So this was completely different. And I kind of set it down. Um, I I wasn't even thinking about it because sometimes when you're talking about relationships, you're opening yourself up to the masses. And we know like in our families that what goes on in the house stays in the house. Mm. So this was different. And I didn't even really know what an anthology was. Actually, um, I I just said, you know, let me just take these notes. And I was talking to a friend of mine and who's actually in the book. Her name is Nikita Hansford. And she said, you know what? That sounds like a good idea to write a chapter. And I was like, okay. And then she knew someone and then she knew someone. And then next thing you know, we had 10 people. So it was never my intentions on writing an anthology or even a chapter in a book. Mm. Uh, it, it was never my thing. So I said, you know what, let me just kind of start it and then see what happens. And so a group of us, we just met on a Zoom, just like we are now. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, we started writing. And we just together. Had- yeah, we well actually each person it was almost like a homework assignment. So we each had like three thousand words, which is really a chapter. So that's what we did. We were like, okay, let's just take a chapter, and we're gonna write about relationships. So we didn't really have a structure or anything. It was just like, okay, let's just put a chapter down. What you think relationships? But you is know about. what you know what makes that you know what makes that uh, dope though is again mm-hmm. you're making this book. On relationships, which is uh, a, such a broad topic. So you got nine or however many, how, how many of y'all came together? It's 10 of us. 10 of us. So you got 10 different chapters on 10 different, totally different perspectives, all in mm-hmm. one book, all in one book. So that kind of, even though it's not your, your, you know, your, it's unorthodox style, how, you know, most books are relate, wrote like this, but that, that's, that's what makes, that's what's going to make this book that much more special, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yes, thank you. And, you know, I didn't want it to be boring because sometimes when people see, you know, um, distinctions before, after your name, they think, okay, you're just boring. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I'm like, no, like we have, like everybody's the same, right? If you ask a person, hey, how's your day going and how you doing? Everyone has a story, right? right? So, that's why I'm like, no, each of us come from different backgrounds, but we all knew that somewhere down the road, we were broken. <laughs> so that's really what it is. And so I know a couple of the authors are like, well, wait a minute, what if we write about the same thing? I'm like, no, we can't because two our perspectives. Ex- yeah, our ex- perspectives are different and we have grown up differently. And so it's as you, I'm sorry, I cut you off, but you was about to say yeah. the experience is going to be different as well. Yes, absolutely. Our experiences were different. Yes. So that's why we kind of had like milestones. Like, okay, the first chapter we're going to be done in, let's say, February. Okay. And now here it is, May. (laughs) So it took us a while to kind of get it together. And then it was a bumpy road because, to be honest with you, we had to kind of 
um, we had to support each other because again, when you start talking about these things, it opens up a can of worms in your families. So you don't want to disappoint. And now it's like, I'm kind of being vulnerable to the world. Yeah. You know, so I was like, but I said, you know what? If I put it out, I'm sure someone has gone through something. And can relate to it. Yeah. Right. That's what we were saying. Like somebody can relate to it. (laughs) You know, so, but yeah, we did. I mean, there are so many different things in here. Like, for instance, I wrote about. The, the importance of father and daughter relationships because my this, father this is your chapter yes this is the chapter so you, you said yours was the importance of yes I talked about the importance of father and daughter relationships mm, that's heavy uh, yeah my father was in Vietnam and so in Vietnam during that time I mean people don't always talk about it but here you are you're 17 18 and next thing you know, you end up in a different country because you can't really get a job here, right? So mm-hmm. you end up in a different country and you're fighting really two wars. You're fighting a war against the Vietnamese and then you're also fighting against a country that is not fighting for you. Back at home, right? Right. So what do you do? You become a heroin addict because you got opiate fields right there. <laughs> for free. It's all right there, grown right there. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and see, that's, a, that's another thing that a lot of people might not realize that was a whole nother war soldiers are dealing with over there because they're trying to escape. They at war. So, you know, you need an escape from that. They they had to deal with now it's, it's, it's poppy seeds when I bend over and top, tie my shoes. There's drugs all around me. But Yes, there's drugs everywhere. There's drugs, prostitutes. I mean, you name it, <laughs> you know, and then you get on the boat. And it's like, wait a minute, you have people calling you all kind of racist names and terms and stuff. But to take it a step further, what people don't talk about is there were rapes on those boats. I mean, you know, there really were. You know, you have men that are away for a significant time. Uh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Are, are we talking about the on the on the um the, the navy boats? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to be clear with you. I'm just trying to make sure. Oh I'm no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yes. You know, people don't talk about these things, and then when you come home, it's like, wait a minute. I'm coming home to what? There was no therapy back then. You know, when, well, not saying it wasn't therapy, but it wasn't accessible to us. So now you have really a young man come home and next thing you know they're calling you for another tour (laughs) so and then like i said you know to kind of fast forward we didn't know why these outbursts were we're like wait a minute we only you know asked you how your day was going now you want to tell me off so this is like 40 plus years of this chapter that i wrote about because i didn't know i had no idea you know, I, I really didn't. And my father, he was in the Army and the Marines. But they took him over by boat. So, you know, like, I didn't understand. I'm like, hey, let's go um, let's go fly somewhere. Let's go on a cruise. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to be in a cruise. I've been on too many boats. I'm not going on a cruise. I'm like, okay, let's go to a concert. Well, I need to be by the door. So it was always a project. And I'm like, why are we always going through these changes? You know, but yeah, that's what it was. So I write about that and how 
you know, like when you're going through these things and it's like, okay, well, yeah, you're so successful, but yeah, but I was broken because I didn't know. I had no idea. And our relationship has been strained. It is strained. You know, so I talk about that. But then another um, young lady talked about being in the military. She, her son and her husband in the military. So all of them are, and they're all going through PTSD, mm. you know, so we talk about that. And then we have someone else who grew up in Queens, New York. And she talked about how everyone um, in different, if, if anyone knows about, I'm sure some of your listeners know about New York, you have the five boroughs. Right. So you have, it's really a melting pot. So in a day you can go through different countries, I call it, right? Because mm-hmm. you have the Indians, you got the Asians, you got the Jewish, you got the blacks. I mean, there's the it's melting pot. Italians, yeah. So she talked about how like races, it was like racism, but it was like different because people actually came together. You know, like you have block parties where everyone's bringing like a dish. It's like potluck. I think I think people get too sensitive with racism. Like because honestly, my opinion, racism is, is a is a humanly natu- natural thing. You, you, you're, you're naturally going to fool with your own kind, you know. Everybody messes with their own people, fool with their own people, except for black people in, in, in a nutshell. So I, I just think some people just take it a little too more. I think they just be a little too sensitive about it. Granted, the hate talk and all that, of course, there's no room for that. But it'd be like little things that that get said and people, oh, they said that they're racist. And I don't I, I don't be all sensitive on it. You, you know, we say things that might not be all politically correct all the time. You know what I mean? So but. I, I, I think that's an interesting point with, with the racism thing and then the melting pot because people right. people that are exposed to that 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 melting pot being around those different races even still while being with their race you know what I mean they they seem to be more understanding and you know what I mean not as sensitive and actually can be more open-minded to other races Right. And some things that we think or not we, but, you know, some things that some people may take as racism or derogatory or something like that. Other people don't take it that way. You know, it's like, you know, even like because I'm like probably 30 minutes from the New York state line. So a lot of things I may say or how I respond to things may be different. And it has been different, like especially being on social media, you don't know what you find, what people find offensive because for us, it's a norm. Right. You know, so that's, you know, she talked about that. I was like, no, you know, people need to hear that because even like she said, she grew up down South in the Carolinas and then moved to New York. It was like a cultural change, (laughs) you know? And she talked about that. She's like, wait a minute. We was gone. We were at the mosque. We were seven day Adventists. We came home. We played cards. We drank because we had a good time. And then, you know, like, so she was talking about all these things that she was going through. Like play was like, okay, I'm going to take the, you know, the, the thing off the fire hydrant. And we have like kids as a block party, you know, with the water, you know, the slip and slide mm. back then, like a tarp, you know what I mean? So she talked about those things and how those relationships were built. And especially growing up in Queens, like she said, hey, I grew up with Nas. I grew up with Jay-Z. You know, I grew up with all these rappers, 50 Cent. I remember when he got shot. I remember all these things, you know, because we grew up together. Mm. So 
she talks she talks about that and i thought that was so cool so let you me know? ask what, what was the most difficult part about writing your chapter was it opening uh, up well the most difficult part i will say about writing my chapter is um actually having to remember these things because you tend to like you can trick your mind to forget and when I had to write it, it's almost like it brought me back to that same dark place. Mm. Right. And I remember that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, like even down to which is weird. You know, like my my parents, they, I mean, they fought. I mean, Thursday came, you got paid, you go to the store, you fight. You know, on Sunday, you do it all. You go to church, like nothing happened. Monday, you do it all over again. And I remember those like I can remember the exact date, the time. Um, the exact situation where people wore, you know, I remember when kids used to go to the liquor store and you had your parents had credit at the liquor store, you know, so those were like, um, yeah, it was like difficult. And then I talked about how like my cousins became smokers because your parents would have you write, write the cigarette on the stove, <laughs> like you know, so it was all those things that I had to like kind of, you know, it kind of put me really in a bad place. Mm. Okay, so let me let me ask this though, right? Because this kind of you know, amongst black people, you know, most of us, our people, we come from single parent homes. I myself, I came from a two parent home. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm assuming you came from a two parent home, right? Yes. So, do you think it's a stereotype or a myth that just because you have this two parent home that like that's the perfect family setting to raise a kid and them kids are supposed to like, you know, it, it's, they expect them kids to just excel because, you know, it's always the single mom story. We had to come from the gutter. Da, 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 da. So you, you get what I'm saying? Yes. Um, you know what? It's a twofold for me because my mother grew up in one of the poorest counties in the U S um, Alabama in Wilcox County. And then I had my father who went to the military. So to me, Although I was the only child, the bar was always raised. I mean, astronomically raised, you know, because it's like failure was never an option. But yes, people think you come from a two family home. It's like you're perfect. And on the outside, we did. We were perfect. Like we grew up in a very diverse neighborhood. So, yes, it was, (laughs) you know, they don't, for, they don't understand like you gotta I gotta see you just your mom get on your nerves my mom and my dad get on my nerves like that yes. <laughs> I hate it here yes. <laughs> yeah yeah they get on your nerves and people think oh you're an only child you're spoiled I'm like no the bar has been raised so high that the expectations is almost like unobtainable mm. you know it, it really is That's 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 a good point. That's a that's a real good point. Uh, this book, I'm gonna definitely get this book. I'm gonna get this book and jump into this book, man. It's because people don't know real life, like too, like relationships. Your whole life is nothing but relationships. And yes. so most people just look at it yes. as the boyfriend girlfriend thing. And everything, everybody you deal with, it's a relationship. Everyone you deal with, anyone that you have a connection to or with, is a relationship. It really is. And some of them are in your life to teach you a lesson. Like I have to say, 
my father and mother were married. My mother was um, divorced for like almost two years, but then she's been married to my stepfather for 34 years. But I have to say, both men never taught me about dating or any of that sort. They were like, well, as long as I provide, keep a roof over your head. I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. But what about how men are supposed to, not men, but you know what I mean? Like, how are they supposed to treat you? That was never a conversation. And we need to have, that's why I talk about the importance of father and daughter relationships. Because you, when, when the saying goes, you can marry or date your father. Yeah, that is very true. Sometimes you want to, sometimes you don't. But yes, men in the street that you date can really be like your surrogate father. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. So when you hear women and I mean, some people may disagree, some people may agree, but when you hear someone say, Hey daddy, you know, sometimes we have daddy issues, you know? Yeah. And the man doesn't even know that you have got given them a added responsibility. You're their significant other, but you're also like their father figure. Which always ain't a good thing because the father figure might not always be the best thing you want to be depending on and putting y'all into either. So, it's, you know, these, these relationships, what's affect, what would you, would you say the most thing that's going to affect the relationship is how much one loved they self? First. Yes, I do. And I have to say, like, I have been around some phenomenal guys. I really have. You know, whether it was partying, whether it was school, work, I have really, and each one of them had taught me something. So for me, it was very beneficial. You know, like I enjoyed it and we all still keep in contact, you know, but yes, I mean, to your, your question, absolutely. That's what I tell everybody, because it seems like people nowadays, like I say, it, it, it's just seemed like so many people are so focused on the, the relationship, you know, the marriage, the boyfriend, girlfriend thing. So it's like I be telling I don't I don't know how y'all just it's that's all. They, it seems like some people that's all they worry about. That's first things first. I want to get married. I got to get married by this time. My kids is out the way. I'm ready to get married. I'm like, yo, I'll be I'll be saying like you. Low key, don't love yourself. I I enjoy myself. Where I don't, I don't really need nobody around me for real to enjoy my day. Like, right, and, and I, that's the thing. Like, you have to have a relationship with yourself. What I find is even like coaching people. People don't know who they are. They really don't. And these are not like young people. I mean, these are like forty and above. They don't really know who they are. Like, they actually shock themselves. Mm -hmm. And it'd be sad. I'd be like, damn. Like, yeah, y'all. I'd be like, because I'm 37. I'd be looking at something like, yo, you 45, 46, 47. Like, this, this is what you coming on social media, and this is what you trying to describe, or this is what you going through in your relationships. I'd just be like, man, it's sad out here. It, it, it'd be sad. I'd be, and I grind them up a little bit. You know, you know I, I kind of poke, you know, with people on social media and all that just for, just for the conversation, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, but it's it's sad out there, though. So I, yeah, I, I pray is. some of these listeners, not not just, not just my listeners, but like I said, because I'm going to promote this on social media. So I pray some of the people stumble across and, and grab this book. And you know what I mean? Because we, uh, everybody could use that advice. You know what I mean? Obviously, everybody could use it, but. 
Yes. And like, we have like a really good chapter in there. We talked about one lady talked about being in foster care and she was a swinger. Right. So, and she went to hedonism. If anyone knows like Jamaica hedonism. So like she talked about what Hold on, what's, that? what's Jamaican hedonism. Okay. So hedonism is well, really when you go on like the beaches and you're nude, like everyone is nude on the beaches. Oh, okay. That's hedonism so, in Jamaica. Yeah. It's called hedonism. And of course, you know, you got to be 18 and over, but she was also a swinger and she talked about being in foster homes. Now, did the foster homes kind of propel her to be a swinger? It wasn't the foster homes, it's the people that really, um, that she stayed with. You know, you ha- you take in personalities relationships. from, she talked about, right, she talked about five different mothers. And then her mother was kind of like a free-spirited person. So like she said, she dabbled in it. She dabbled with being a swinger. And, you know, when she talked about it, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Because when we think of swingers, we don't think that we think, OK, these are just people out here just kind of what they call partying. But it's not that you're talking about your sheriffs, your correction officers, your teachers, your pastors, hold you know, on, your first on, ladies. You confused me. OK, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my t- my definition of a swinger. I thought the swinger was the couple the two couples that get together and they may, you know, have the, the group sex or swap partners or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what, what they do. The sheriff? What you mean when you say like the sheriff, the pastor? What you mean? Like these type of people engage in this? Like, oh. Yes. It's like you can't be, I am not trying to be funny, but you can't be a broke swinger. I mean, uh. <laughs> and I'm being honest. Because you like in the circles that she talked about and honestly that I witnessed, like I kind of fell into it. And when I say fell into it, let me backtrack. I was invited to a Halloween party, but it wasn't just a Halloween party. It was a masquerade party. So was it on some swinger time? Kind of. Yeah, I didn't know. It was like at a bar restaurant. And these people were, to be honest with you, these are not people that's like your fly-by-night people. No. Like, these are your doctors, your clergies, your librarians, your teachers. Like you said, ain't no broke parents. niggas. Ain't no broke niggas at this party. No. Because <laughs> you have to pay, like, there's rules, like, you have to pay dues. Um, There's rules, like, it can't be you know, sometimes you see more females than males. No, like everybody needs to come with a partner to keep it even. Yeah. Um, Makes no sense. means no. <laughs> yeah. More organized. It's, it's like you said, it's like a fraternity. Yes. It's a gang. And I'll be saying everything's a gang. See, they they, they just want, you know, I, I try to tell people we think when we hear the word gang, we just think blood, crips, street violence, all that. Oh man, these judges, gang, police, gang, from your ambulance crew, that's a gang. Like it's all these gang fraternities and sororities, gangs, gangs, you know what I mean? It's all type of gangs out here, man. Right. And I mean, truth be told, <laughs> let me tell you, which people may not realize, but it's the truth. Some of your important decisions are made in these swinger parties. Like, for instance, if you, like, let's say, for instance, it's a drug raid or something, right? And let's say, for instance, it's you, your partners or whatever, and you get raided. The decisions between attorneys and judges are made sometimes at these parties. Masquerade so, party with his butt cheeks out. 
<laughs> so, you know, don't think that it's always like it goes on with the prosecutors in the, in the, you know, in the court or on the golf course. Sometimes they're at these functions. <laughs> so people don't know unless you're in it and everyone's experience is different. You know, some people may say, no, that's not true. No, I'm telling you, it's the truth. <laughs> Your correction officers may be there. So too. how was the one you was at? Well, I didn't even realize it was a, um, I didn't realize it was for swingers. What happened, I was invited to a Halloween party, but no one had on the costumes they had on what like opulence. So they would have on like these masks. So they were really considered like a masquerade. So what ended up happening was it was a guy who was considered the invisible man because he had his toilet paper on. And this other guy started like beating on him and it was he was bleeding. And I'm asking my friend, like, what's going on? Oh, he yeah. said he broke the rules. And I'm like, well, who's that guy? Well, come to find out the lady's husband was beating this guy and he was a correction officer, like the captain of the correction officer at his facility. And they were breaking the rules. Like he didn't like beat him to a pulp, but yes. And like I said, these are not for like, there's rules to this. Like I didn't realize that they were, they did this like little hand motion with their fingers. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Cause I'm thinking like the person, yeah. The person who, yeah, the person who did it to me was like somebody's grandmother. I'm not talking about like the grandmoms now. I'm talking about like she was like 80s, like retired. And she said, do you swing? And I'm like, no, what is that? Like, what is that? I didn't even know what swingers were. And so a few months later, fast forward, I invited everyone to my house. Not everyone. I've invited people to the house because one of my friends had a birthday party and they were like people walking through the house. And I'm like, why are you walking through my house? Because when I grew up, you don't walk through people's house. Well, see, that's how they do like, it at them swinger parties. So they, you gang gang now because you invited them to your spot. Yeah, I'm thinking y'all stay in the kitchen. It's a bathroom downstairs. <laughs> and they're like, this is the perfect spot. I'm like, for what? Get naked. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh-uh. No, this ain't the perfect spot. Like, you know, my daughter's Hold on, you want the Illuminati. No, it wasn't that. I'm like, uh-uh, y'all can't be coming to my house like that. I'm like, nah, this, this is not that type of situation. You know, oh, yeah, but yeah, you gotta, like you gotta let them know. <laughs> hey, you gotta let them know the know the rules to to, to your to, to to your club. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. Like, like you they are not gonna about be to try to get wild up in your house. You said they start walking around. You know, we don't even play that, especially this is your first time in my house. Yeah, like I'm thinking because it was you like say a, hello, a you sit, and you sit, you sit the hell down. You don't want to walking around. <laughs> yeah, it was a split level, so I had the bathroom downstairs. You know, split level. You had like the kitchen and stuff upstairs. It was like a kitchen, dining room, living combo. So it's plenty of space. And I'm like, why are you in my bed? Like looking, like why are you in my daughter's room? It's like pink. You know, like why are you upstairs? Yo, so, man, that got but me. that's how I was introduced. Like, you know, that was like the second introduction. I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. And you know how Pennsylvania is. I mean, there's like little backwoods and stuff that you don't think. And them, them clubs are. be there vivid. There's a couple people try to get me to go to them joints. And I just told them, I see, I ain't as nasty as I thought I was. I ain't, I ain't that much of a. And this is just from the perception of the outside, you know, what I think. Is going down yeah. But I just I was like, you know, to let me know that's where we go. I ain't that horny, dog. Like 
I don't want to see all these other like it's time for me to get mine. Eh? All these what's all these other dudes around here for? So I don't, you know, I I ain't that uh, mature yet in my uh, sexual sex sexual uh, escapades or whatever. Yeah, you you probably wouldn't be because these people, like I said, they're like you know they're a little different. Trust me when I tell you, you're like, oh my gosh, like really? <laughs> and I mean, you would think like, okay, well, you know, you gotta have a nice body and all that. Like, no, mm-hmm. like you ain't gotta have none of that. <laughs> no, man. you know, uh, uh-uh. uh, it, it's mm. none of that. <laughs> this book sounds interesting. We getting it, and, and, and that's what I like though, because you told me, you told me yesterday, like it's not your typical. You told me it's going to be some, uh, pretty much you said it's going to be some ratchet shit up in here. It ain't going to be yo, yo. Yeah, uh, it's yo, ratchet uh, in there. Hard you know, written, you know, on relationships. Now, nah, y'all see, y'all talking about swinger parties. And so I know it's a couple Nas and Jay-Z stories. <laughs> you know, but let me just tell you, we couldn't mention the name, but you can kind of figure out. We couldn't tell you the name because, you know, they will sue you. They probably got, you know, people watching in all kinds of little places and stuff, you know, so you can't mention it. But the cool thing about it is, like I tell people, I'm like, look, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on, you know, different social media. So, you will see um, like some family members up there and they talk about these things, you know, they do. And it's some really cool stories of how, um, you know, you're partying with these people who you don't look at them as celebrities. Like I, I, I was saying to someone the other day, I said, you know, I remember when Biggie and Puffy, well, we call him Puffy. We used to party in the tunnel. He didn't even have a record deal. Puffy was like out of what was um, Howard or whatever. They didn't even have a, um, they didn't even have a deal. No one, like we didn't know who he was. I mean, I'm just in there partying. We just having a good time together. That nigga could so, dance, couldn't he? No. Yeah, like when you, and I remember, I mean, I hope I don't get like, you know, with my lug be sued or something, but I was like, I remember when Jay-Z, nobody even looked at Jay-Z, you know, <laughs> I mean, they weren't like, he used to do like free parties and stuff and he and um, DMX used to battle and DMX used to like <laughs> pulverize them, really like battle rappers. I mean, so, you know, I, I mean, I remember seeing all these things. From back in the day, yeah. Listen, tell them. Um, t- hold on. But listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember, we got to do the second half, too. So we're going to take oh, a quick sorry. break. No, no, no. You, you good, man. We This is how it be. We get to talking and busting it up and be forgetting <laughs> we, we on the show. But listen, tell them the title again, where to find the book, where to find you. We're going to take a quick break after that. And then, you know what I mean? We're going to get right back to it. Or y'all know how we do. Then we're going to come back to the black facts. And then, we, you know what I mean? So the book is called The Depths and Diversity Within Relationships, and it's on Amazon. I'm going to say Amazon because it's on my website, but it's on Amazon. The Depths and Diversity Tell Within Relationships. Tell them the website. Um, it's com. Yep. Dope. You on the yeah. Instagram and all the other uh, website, uh, social yeah, media sites? Yep. If you type in my name, Dr. Lamar Spencer, you, I will come up. Uh, it's, um, of course, just D-R and then L-A-M-A-R-R-S-P-E-N-C-E-R. Dr. Lamar Spencer. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. Um, I- I'm like everywhere. You everywhere. So. You you from back in the day with Puffy and, and damn Max. Yeah, and- 
Yeah, we used to call him Puffy. I mean, DMX and Jay Z used to battle. I seen him battling. I think it was in Brooklyn or somewhere. You saw that battle? No, because you know this is like a legendary battle. You saw that battle? Yes, they were on a pool table. No, yo, do you know? Yo, you. I don't think you understand how legendary this battle is, sis. Sis, this is like this. You almost saying you was. Excuse, I don't know if you're in the don't. No, no, I don't know if you're religious or not. So excuse, I I don't want to be disrespectful. No, but you, you kind of almost saying you were there when they put Jesus on the cross. But you know, this is so crazy because again, back then, right? You didn't have camera cameras and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. so. You couldn't record. We had Polaroids, and we couldn't even afford. To it's get only listen. They said it's only two. It's only. It's only. I think one take copy of the of the, of the actual battle. They said Big yes. L co- recorded it. Yeah, they were on a pool table. I didn't even know who DMX was. I just knew this man had a raspy voice, and I remember telling my cousin, "I said he must have been smoking a carton of cool cigarettes." <laughs> I didn't even know who he was, seriously. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just couldn't even believe it. I remember going to um, like they had it with like the B-boys, B-girls and stuff. They used to go out there to Chelsea Piers. I remember sitting in the subway next to Guru. I didn't even know it was Guru. And he was so cool. We sit up there talking. And next thing you know, he on stage with Solar and performing. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, so where are you from? We, I'm from Jersey, but I'm only 30 minutes from New York. Okay. Like that um, GWB, well, sorry, George Washington Bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm only like not even 30 minutes. So I would, we always going to Newark, New Jersey, or where all the happenings was, or we were going to New York. Like going to the tunnel where chances are, if you walk in there with a leather or fur, you won't be You're going to get that uh, removed from you, huh? Yeah, they they gonna steal, but you are gonna be in there all all night, man. Listen, but I heard the stories. That. I'm just bugging, cause you was in there. You was that's what you was doing back in the day, huh? And check this out. I wasn't even 18 years old. Oh, <laughs> that's the man. crazy thing. I was young. I wasn't man, 18. Free R. I, Kelly. <laughs> let me tell you something. See, there you go. Um, let me tell you, say this right. Okay. That night, see, wrong what place. Night? Hold wrong on. <laughs> what night you talk about? <laughs> yeah. What night? Well, see, this is on YouTube now. I did not even know. I was, that night, R. Kelly has on his black and white checkered jacket, like a lumberjack jacket, right? He turned, we were at Ashford and Simpson Place called the Sugar Bar. He turned the place into a choir. It's probably on YouTube. I didn't even know that they recorded until somebody just showed me a couple of months ago. I was there that night. He was at the Sugar Bar in New York. He turned the place into a choir. He was drinking in the corner with his friends, and they was drinking Hennessy, eating shrimp and stuff, because, you know, you kind of do the side eye, but you don't want to seem like you're staring. And he was in there, and I did not realize it until someone showed, put it on YouTube, and he was yeah. talking about it. I was in the group. If you wouldn't have said I was side nine, because you know how you don't want to see was eating Tennessee shrimp, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. you said that part. Yeah, he was in there because people used to go to the sugar bar. I mean, they probably still do, but go to the sugar bar over there. But Dr. yes, Lamar I was there. Was out here in these streets. Yeah, but I remember I couldn't afford to go to Prince's concert. I couldn't afford it, so 
I went down to the village and it's called the Blue Note, right? So I'm mm-hmm. sitting there in the Blue Note. Afterwards, I went to go see Rochelle for real because the tickets was like $40. But it was a bar on the corner of, if anyone knows where the village is, on the corner, it's called the Blue Note. That's like jazz and stuff on the corner. So I'm sitting in there with my friend and I. And you know, if you've been in New York, you know they put like 20 people at a little picnic table. So anyway, I'm not talking about the long ones, the short ones. So anyway... I see this crowd coming and I'm like, okay, you know, that happens. No big deal. All of a sudden Prince gets on the stage and starts jamming. Cause he just did a concert in New York and he starts jamming. Didn't even, didn't shocked. So this okay? is like the after party. Yes. So people was at this, like, it's like a little hole in the wall. If anyone knows where the blue note is it's in the village and it was another bar on the corner down there. And you could just get up there and just people start jamming. So, yes, he came in and started jamming. And I I could not afford no Prince tickets. I couldn't. So I went to go see Rochelle Pharrell. And that's what happened. Rochelle Pharrell. Rochelle, what's her song? She was, she used to sing everybody. Well, um, she has a song called Welcome to My World, but she's jazz. She used to sing that everybody had that wedding song with her and Will Downing. But they talk about um, how Mariah Carey has that six and a half octave. Rochelle Pharrell, if you guys look her up, Rochelle Pharrell has that octave voice, almost like Minnie Rippleton, mm. and she can crack a glass. I promise you, she did it that night. Now, I don't know because the glass was cheap, but she did it that night. When she laughs, it's a screeching, and it goes through you. They don't give her credit because jazz. But when I tell you, that she has that, it's, it's like a whistle. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. So we went to go see, like a fr- couple friends and I, we went to go see. Matter of fact, we were so broke in the Blue Note, you have you need like a one or two drink minimum because they automatically charge you. We didn't even, we barely had enough for the tip. That's how broke we were. And Prince came down here and started jamming. Mm. Yeah, we were broke, broke. Yeah. <laughs> so, so right. you still yeah. got out, you know, back in the day. See, being broke ain't stop you from enjoying yourself. <laughs> no, man. I did because see, back in the day, you didn't really, as a female, you didn't need a lot of money because you knew a man was gonna buy you a drink or something or feed you, so you didn't need a lot of money. Man, just, just make sure you look decent when you step outside. You be all right, right? Yeah, well, you know, you, you gotta be, you know, you gotta have it on, you know. You can't be going out there looking any kind of way. But that was before our last and What you used to throw on, Dr. Spencer? What you used to throw on? Look, I was kind of cute. Like I, I said, I that was before I, I can see your picture. I know. <laughs> that was, like I said, that was before I'm not knocking anybody, but that was before eyelashes and lace fronts, you know. Like people ain't wear all that. Like we wore like the little asymmetrical bobs and stuff, you know. Make sure your hair was permed and you know, like that's what you wore. Like Hot we didn't comb. have all this. Yeah, we didn't have all this stuff back then. You know, yeah, they I mean, got it good. They they I lucky. Know. They got it, they got it good today, huh? Yeah, like you, you know, it took you a few days to get your outfit together for Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you had to do dress rehearsal and then you call your friends up and say, hey, how I look or whatever. You know, you ain't eat because you ain't want your stomach sticking out looking a mess. They don't care about their stomach sticking out now. Yeah, no. They just make their butt bigger. Then they don't even care how big their stomach is. They just worry about their butt getting bigger. 
Right. You know, you you made sure that like, you had on a nice shoe or something. You didn't care. You walking pigeon toe because your feet killing you. <laughs> but listen, we're going to take a quick break. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, you good. You good. You good. Listeners, don't forget. Subscribe. Listen, we on Anchor. Then download that Anchor app. Don't forget. You can leave a message. You can hit the support button and you should subscribe for a monthly subscription to help us get in the big time studio so we can invite Dr. Spencer to the studio. You know what I mean? But don't forget, share on social media, tell your friends, listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we the number four podcast in the world for independent and entrepreneurship genre. Make some noise. And we also number 10 for all podcasts in the entrepreneur genre. Make some noise. Y'all know what it is. Close your ears. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back with the black fact. And y'all see this conversation is going to get crazy here. So we'll be right back. <laughs> no matter who you are, where you live, or your life situation may be in, relationships of all kinds have influenced your life. Both positive and negative relationships have an impact on our physical and mental health and our overall well-being. The book from author Dr. Lamar Spencer, The Depth and Diversity Within Relationships, available on Amazon and the author's website, drlamarspencer.com, offers true accounts of love, loss, joy, and stress. These collections aim to encourage, inspire, and share experiences that have helped others just like you navigate relationships. In this must-read book, read about recommendations concerning mindfulness and relationships, as well as recommended keys to building positive relationships and the importance of setting boundaries. You will learn to build more positive and lasting relationships through this book, The Depth and Diversity Within Relationships, from author Dr. Lamar Spencer. Order your copy right now on Amazon and drlamarspencer.com. All right, y'all, we back, we back, we back. It's Ice Pick Cousin Rick and Dr. Spencer in the building. Dr. Lamar, Renee Spencer in the building. How you doing? You? I'm good, thank you. Oh, I thought I thought you might have fell asleep. My last guest fell asleep on me. I was about to, oh, no, I'm I was about, was about to have a, a quick panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we back. We're going to get into the black fact. So what the black fact is, right? Not every episode, but almost every episode. We do a little small special segment and we shout out somebody from um, black history that uh, contributed, you know, to society. Whether it's um, we dig deep in the bag. So we don't just do, you know, your Dr. Kings and your Rosa Parks, Frederick. We, we dig deep in the bag. So we, we do the today athletes, rappers. We also do um, authors. You know, we like I said, we, we like to dig deep just to let, you know, just to, just to you know, educate everyone else to the, to the contributions our people put out here. So we try to do one of these at least. Well, no, we do it pretty much every episode. I came in front. We do, you know, every once in a while I might get lazy and don't do it. But for the most part, we do it every episode. So for episode 69, the black fact we got this week. Is Tony Morrison. Tony Morrison, born February 18th, 1831, passed away August 5th, 2019, um, was an American novelist, 
Her first novel, The Blue Eye, The Bluest, Bluest Eye, was published in 1970. The critically acclaimed Song of Solomon in 1977 brought her uh, national attention and won the National Books Critics Circle Award. In 1988, Morrison won the Pulitzer Prize for Beloved. She was awarded a Nobel Prize in Literature in 1993. Um, she was born and raised in Lorain, Ohio. Shout out to Ohio. Morrison graduated from Howard University in 1953 with a B.A. in English. Shout out to Howard University. She earned a master's degree in American literature from Cornell University. You got to be smart to go there. Shout out to Cornell in 1955. Um, In 1957, she returned to Howard University. She was married, had two children before divorcing in 1964. Um, She became the first black female editor in the fiction at Random House in New York City in the late 1960s. You know what that is? You ever heard of that? Dr. Spencer? Yes. Yes, I have. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's new to me. I just learned. I don't, I don't know what that was. She developed her yeah. own reputation as an author in the 1970s and 80s. Um, her work, Beloved, was made into a film in 1988. Morrison's works are praised for uh, addressing the hard consequences of racism in the United States. Um, she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2020. Um, President Obama presented her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom on May 29th, 2012. So, episode 69, shout out to Tony Morrison. Sis was amazing with that pen, I see. Yeah. Can I add one? Oh, sure. Sure. I thought this was so interesting. I, I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but his name was um, Robert Singstack. And so he's one of them um, African-Americans who, if you don't know who they are, you should, because there would be no Ebony Essence Black enterprise without him he created a magazine which was only like three or four pages called the chicago defender Mm -hmm. so it was really in in circulation around the black neighborhoods so the reason for it was it encouraged blacks especially in chicago to read and to have better like economic opportunities so because you said um tony morrison i thought that was a pretty um um, you know, good segue for that. But yeah, I, like yeah. I said, I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but his name is Robert Sing Singstack, I believe is how you pronounce Robert it. Robert Singstack. I'm going to definitely have to look him up and we're going to have to definitely make him a black fact. You know what I mean? That's a definitely a good alley-oop. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. Uh, it was it, if you're saying he led the way for the ebony and the jet and all that, you know. Yep. Ebony Jet um, Essence Black Enterprise. So it was called the. Um, it was like in 1905. It was called the Chicago Defender, and it was a. It was our newspaper. It was only like four pages, but it. Yeah, it was like a black. It was like the black newspaper of our time. Well, of his time. Hmm. Yep. Well, we definitely going to look at that and shout that out deeper. But shout out to Tony Morrison. That's the black fact for episode 69. And we were back to the book. Man, listen. Dr. Stencer was partying and bullshitting back in the day. We, <laughs> we getting back. 
<laughs> we getting yeah. back into that. So, let, let, but on a serious note, so now mm-hmm. with the life coaching thing, let, let's let's get it dig a little bit into that. What got you into okay. doing that? Mm-hmm. So, um, I can't even tell you. I have like so the type of relationships. I um I always say I'm like the junk join the kitchen because people come to me that don't really want to, you know, like really talk to other people. Mm-hmm. So I get when I say relationships, I mean the relationships is like shattered, I call them, but I mean it could be a married couple who may be thinking of stepping out or they have stepped out and they're um trying to get it back together, or you know, I have somewhere they're really seeing two and three people and they're married. Uh, you know, they're like, hey, I need to order, you know, Mother's Day gifts. I'm just saying Valentine's gifts for all of them, you know. And you assist, so, them, and you assist them with that. Yeah. And it's, you know, and again, <laughs> I know people, I know people are like, well, how can you do it? Because I'm not your judge or your jury. Right. <laughs> I'm just, really I'm just not. here to help. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to help you. And again, like I have people who, um, when I say shattered, (laughs) when I say shattered, I mean, to the point where they're like, look, I can't get a man or woman. Like I I want a date, but I got a whole house full of people. So, you know, it's, it's different, you know, it's different types of relationships. I got some people like, look, I'm the head of this church. And I'm stepped out on my wife. Like, what am I going to do? So that's why I say I'm the junk joint in the kitchen. And I have actually family members, but they don't know that they both come to me. So mm. uh, these are the type of people that I get. The and real, again, I'm not. It's the, it's, this is the real. Because again, you know, we, you know, we was talking about all the, you know, the proper, you know, that's that's real life. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I know it's easy for people to be like, well, if you don't want to be married in a relationship, why don't you leave? Well, because when you have invested so much in that relationship, can't just up sometimes you can't because you may have children or you have like investments. Like when they say half or 70% because this person is now like your manager of your company and it's you don't level move. it up. It's a, yeah, marriage ain't about love. That's shit, that's, that's shit business. It's a contract. Hey. You know, and this is what I tell people who want to date, right? I said, look, when you start dating, and these are not like younger people. I mean, you know, some of them are a little older. I said, when you start dating and you decide, okay, I want to get into a relationship with that person, you need it's a contract first, right? Because when you get engaged, that engagement ring says that I am promising to marry you. Right. So if that engagement breaks off, guess what? You have to get back that ring. Now I'm no lawyer, but that's generally how it works. So that is a contract. If it was no big deal, then why are you both signing, right? Mm -hmm. So guess what? It's a contract. So I tell people, I'm like, look, I know so often some people will say you marry for love first and then. But I always say, no, we can marry for security first. I'll be trying to tell them, sis. I'll be trying to listen. And I'll be like, listen, I I tell them, I ain't, you know, you don't got to listen to me. Because I I, I give a lot of advice on the low. You know what I mean? And I don't know if they take it out, you know. See, how we know if you take it is how much is you coming back. You know what I mean? So. I'm going to just leave it like that. But 
I be trying to tell them, man, y'all be thinking all this, this y'all so worried about love. This shit is business, yo. That's yes. how y'all stuck with a motherfucker. Excuse my French, but he no, don't work. Ahead, he don't right. do this. He don't do X, Y, Z. Then you want to get on here, and then you catch him cheating. Then it's, oh, he was a bum. And then, oh, you love that bum, though, didn't you? Right. And let me tell you, a lot of times people don't realize this. Women think, okay, I'm going to put this man out so he don't leave with the clothes on his back. No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you. I have clients who women told me he left where everything. I'm like, everything. I mean, when I say everything, he done left with your pots, your pans, your, <laughs> you know, the case that go on your light switch, the fans. He has left you with your clothes, your dresser, and the bed. No mattress, no nothing. So men nowadays are like, look, since I paid for X, Y, Z, I'm taking everything. So don't just look at the myth of saying, okay, no, a man's leaving with the clothes back. No, no, no. You're going to come home and you're going to try to turn that light switch on and it's not going to work because it's connected to your fan because he disconnected the fan and took the fan. Okay, he and men, you know, people might say, yeah, but listen, you once we there, we at war. If you telling me I got to get, we at war. I got to get out. Yeah, right now. I mean, I can't get thirty days. Oh, we at war. (laughs) Fuck yeah, I might take some pots and shit. Fuck it. I, I had someone, he took the radiator out the car. I was trying not to laugh, but it was so funny. He done Man. took the radiator you, so, out. So, so I, I know you, I know sometimes you do can't help but to laugh on some of these. Oh, sessions. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm laughing. We're going to figure it out, but. Yeah, but. <laughs> I'm you laughing. See, <laughs> he took the, I'm laughing. That's too much work, dog. Just, just slash yeah. off four tires. Like. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I mean, I've had one like that too, where your car sitting on cinder blocks, like for real. Like he <laughs> took the rims off the car. So I tell women, I'm like, look, when you hurt a, you know, we always look at when men hurt women. But let me tell you, when a woman hurts a man, it's a different level of hurt. And everybody after that gonna be paying for it. So I'm just saying, you might even go in your No, it's certain men though. It's when a it's woman certain, hurts, I'm saying, when I say, when I, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm generalizing. Don't worry, I'll correct so you. Don't worry, I got you. I got you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's different when you say, okay, I'm gonna hurt you, and they don't invest in you. Come home, you might not have no shoes, you may not have purses. Like, I'm just saying what the type of clients I've seen. I can get that. Like, some of them be crying, they ain't been through nothing. I had. Yeah, they're crying. I, I made a post on on Facebook before, and I was I was pretty much saying, you know, you caught him cheating. Okay, the relationship ain't work. Did did he steal money? Did he did he did he do like it's it's like y'all just get cheated on? It's the end of the world. Like sis, it, it could be a lot worse. He could have did a lot more worse things on on even with y'all just breaking up. It can get, man, that shit can get trippy. You know what? What I find is this, right? If a 40, 50-year-old person cheats, it's different than somebody in their 20s, right? Because you invested. Cheating is not always a deal breaker. I know somebody may say, if he cheat on me, that's it. But no, I'm telling you, it's not 
cheating is not the deal breaker. What is usually the deal breaker is when they start taking money out the house and all this other stuff that come with it. But the cheating part is usually not the deal breaker. Okay. And I'm here to tell you the clients I'll deal with, they'd be like, oh, if he cheated, I'm leaving. If she cheated. No, 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 no. A man will leave a woman quicker if they cheat than a woman leaving a man who cheats. Mm-hmm. So not a deal. I agree with that. You know, now a woman will leave if he'd have made a baby. See, that's it, you know. Sometimes. But, sometimes. Because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes uh, you made that baby. Now I'm gonna control you and I ain't gonna let you deal with that baby. And that's that's the that's that's what makes her feel better. You know what I mean? Now I'm controlling right. you. You ain't you know, but you at the in the bottom of her heart, she don't even want the relationship no more. She don't. And here's the thing. And like I said, I'm generalizing this based on my experiences, what I've seen. Right. So, you know, when I say it, these, are, it's not like set in stone. Every situation is different. That's right. why I you tell just gotta let them know. Did we just talking yeah. about the niggas? I yeah. know. All right. Did everybody yeah. don't take it? Oh, oh, man, ain't no. Oh, no. We just talking about the niggas. We know. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's like for real. So, uh, you know, it's a different circumstance. That's something I tell them. I'm like, or anybody before you make a decision that's going to affect you, your kids or whomever, the family long term, you know, don't make a rash decision because sometimes we soon as it happens, we want to go in. You know, you can't. Because believe it or not, you got your nuclear families that are also involved. Right. Like so. It's a lot that's in stake. You start making these rash decisions. Next thing you know, who knows? Like you got joint accounts. Guess what? They don't clean your whole account. I mean, just every case is different, Mm -hmm. you know, is what I'm saying. So I tell people, I'm like, look, if you know that, um, like I had one who, I mean, (laughs) again, like this guy, this woman cleaned him out and he went on vacation, cleaned him out. But I told him, I said, don't make a decision. We're going to wait like a good week. And he was ticked off at me. I said, no, because right now if you make a decision, it can affect you financially, mentally, whatever. Nah, he, you, gotta, you, you make a decision today, you probably going to jail. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, what I said, no, wait a week. Yeah. And we actually had to chart it, you know, chart different things. You're right, because his thing was, I'm a killer. Hold up. Like, yeah, that's nah, <laughs> we killed this bitch. That, that's yeah, all, like, that's nah, all, I you know that's all that, going like, through his head. That's what's going through my head. Yeah. She ain't doing yeah, like, I'm thinking, like, <laughs> what I would do. I, like, I ain't even got that much to take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you like... Nah, you can't be doing that. Like you gotta, you know, like I said, you gotta think about these things. You cannot just be making rash decisions. So, like I said, we talked. I mean, when I tell you, it was like day and night, two, three in the morning. He called me like, "Nah, I'm good." No, you cannot be doing that. Like you really have to think about what you are doing. Now you may want to, but not right. I said, look, if you go out and do it, it's premeditated. You under the um. You know, you under the, the brick, you know, under. And what I had to do, I'm going to tell you the truth. I had to, like, delete my stuff because I'm like, look, if you up here to me, oh, yeah, I talked to Dr. Umar. I'm like, oh, my God, are you freaking serious? <laughs> you know, like, so nah, like, again, I mean, it was a cool situation. You know, he got through it. Matter of fact, he actually found someone else and got married. So it was a cool situation. He was hurt, but. So has any of your, um, any of your clients ever uh, crossed that line and then? You know, got locked up or something crazy? Nah, you know what? No, no, they ain't do it because I tell myself. You're doing your job. That's because you on the job. That's what they calling you first, huh? 
And I'm like, nah, you can't be doing that because, you know, people don't talk about you because, you know, bad news travels fast in the black neighborhood. They're going to be on social media talking about you. The cancel culture going to be after you. Forget a celebrity. Like, they really going to be after you. You ain't going to be able to get a job nowhere. They're going to be calling your job. So you got to be careful, mindful what you do. So, no, we I never had that happen before. Mm-mm, never. Nope. Man, I'm like, nope. Tell you uh-uh. what. Don't, be, don't be stupid. We could use your services down and you can get some work down in this area because it, it didn't been yeah. listen, niggas then then held the girlfriend hostage in the house. It, it been oh, I've three, had a couple of It's been about three, four now. of them situations. Like they these oh man, it's 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 the violence down here with the domestic violence is, is getting at an alarming rate down here. It really is. Right. And that's the thing. People are like, I can't afford a coach. No, you can because, see, what happens is when you get to that point of no return, sometimes it's too late to reel you back in. You, you, know? you take long-distance clients? and you, how, how you Yeah, I take them all. We do it on all? Zoom. I take them all. Look, I take them all. Tell them, open your laptop, nigga. Let, let's talk about it. <laughs> I don't care, phone, laptop, or whatever. But yeah, but listen, I don't mean to cut this short because this has been a great conversation. Right, right. But I'm talking. But I have to go grab my daughter from school. What you over there eating? You eating something too? Oh, I'm sorry. I was eating a mint and it's cinnamon. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it on my own. But yeah, I gotta go grab my daughter. Oh my goodness. So listen, everyone, don't forget. Look, I'm up here trying to wrap your show up. I'm so sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> the depths and diversity of within relationships, go to Amazon or my website, or feel free to reach out to me on social media because I know some of you need some help because on some of you are on the brink of self-destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, so call me 973-214-6464. Um, or you know, like I, uh, Dr. Lamar Spencer at gmail.com. It's the same plan. And we're going to have to do a part two because I had some questions for you we didn't even get to get to. I had some, the people on social media had a couple questions. So we definitely going to have to do a part two. All right, sis? We, we, we gang now. So you, I might like I might be calling you. <laughs> I might be calling you, telling you open that, that Zoom up again later tonight. Listen. <laughs> Look, I'm always up. I'm always up. I'm always, I promise you, I'm always up. Because I get clients that's, that, that work third shift. So they may call me three, four in the money. It's their, it's their lunch break. Hey, I need ice pick me somebody to vent to. These, these chicken heads is driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people I'm not like Will Smith and Hitch, and I'm not like Ayanna Van Zandt. I'm going to tell you what you the up. real yeah, deal yeah, is. Yeah, you. you know, that's TV. I'm not going to give it to you TV. I'm going to be like, look, you go out here and you want to level this hoe up. When something happens, y'all living as common law, guess what? She's going to take you to the bank and don't get it twisted because her mama may be doing the same thing too. All right, mm. fifty here, a hundred here. They skimming off the top. Guess what? They don't just got a thousand dollars out of you. You ain't even realized it. Mm. So I tell you exactly how it is. You know, um, I, I do. I tell people exactly like it is because again, I'm not on TV. I'm gonna tell you how it is because sometimes in our community we think different. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we different. But yes, I have to go grab my door. We definitely. You have my number. Yep, yep. We're gonna definitely. Do- Part two, I promise. All right, y'all here. Before you go, real quick, before you go. Again, y'all, Dr. Lamar Spencer, this is Close Your Ears. Y'all know where to find her out. 
find her at. Uh, y'all be safe. You be safe out there. Go get that baby, and I'll be in touch with y'all. Good night, everybody. Be safe. Love y'all. One. Thank you so much. Yep.